Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the 905er uh, with me, Roland Hanno. I am Joel McLeod. And uh, today we're just doing a bit of a follow-up on our interview from Tuesday with uh, the Honourable Paddy Torsney, from, former MP for Burlington, uh, current uh, I, I, I'm going to struggle with the formal title now, but the ambassador for the Interparliamentary uh, uh, Union. Union at the United Nations. So it's a hellish important, it's a hellish impressive job title. Anyway, that's all I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and uh, just thinking, obviously, we're um, we're the uh, poster boys for kind of uh, uh, white male privilege in some ways. I mean, uh, hopefully not too much, but. Us talking about um, uh, um, International Women's Day, uh, some ways it's a bit of a nerve, but then we were kind of thinking like, well, actually, it's kind of important that men do talk about this stuff um, and mm-hmm. don't take the view that anything to do with um, uh, the improvement of women's position in the workplace or uh, violence against women or a hundred other issues uh, to do with uh, women's place in society, that these are things that only women are allowed to, or only women do talk about because men is like, well, not my problem. But very often it is absolutely our problem, men's problem that, uh, uh, you know, um, that, that it's actually men who have to solve some of these problems, not women. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, Obviously, you and I have known Paddy for quite a long time, and she, I mean, yes. in some ways, a something of a pioneer. I mean, it's, even even in the mid '90s, something of a pioneer for for women in par- in Parliament. Even though it wasn't, you know, uh, many decades since since the first woman had gone into Parliament. But um, I don't know. What do you what do you think about uh, the role of things like International Women's Day and uh, um, in our you know in the current day? Um, I, I, I think it's a, a, ultimately a good thing. Um, cause I've, I've always found it interesting that whenever, uh, international, international women's day comes up to highlight issues like, you know, uh, violence against women or equity in the, in the, uh, j- sorry, uh, pay equity in the workplace, uh, and, and things of that nature, you know, the, it, it gets thrown out, but then, uh, you know, we always get the, oh, we're, we're international men's day. And actually there's an international men's day. It's in November. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was there's actually uh, I'll tell you a funny story about that. Well, it's not, it's not that funny, but I'll mention it anyway. Why not? There's a comedian in Britain. Um, uh, I've forgotten his name, but I think he stopped doing it now. But for years and years and years on Twitter, he would he had a search set up so every time a man on Twitter said, "Why isn't there an International Man's Day?" he would answer and say, "There is. It's in November." <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's your fault you don't know that, Jackass. <laughs> well, that's a, that's the thing, and I, and so, but what I find interesting about uh, both both days is that a lot of the the solution to both problems are uh, are men. <laughs> um, like like we were we were talking before we we jumped on the air here uh, the, on the issue of of violence against women is predominantly a male uh, a, a male issue. Uh, it's, you know, we, we, um, you know, it just like, either we're not, we're not able to, to talk about it openly or, or it's, or it's stereotypes or whatnot. It was, um, it, it's one of those days I think we need, we kind of need to do it just to say, why, why are we having the same, same discussions and the same arguments over and over again? And the solutions I think are really, they're just really simple to, uh, to, to implement, you know, the, the pay equity gap is just the pay 
pay a fair wage for everybody, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the last person that I wanted to be talking about on today's podcast was Piers Morgan, but he comes up in, in, in this bracket because he, to my mind, is uh, uh, a perfect exem- exemplar of, of everything that can be, you know, again, to use that phrase, toxic masculinity. This, mm-hmm. this is the man who uh, a few years ago drove me up the wall because he was basically implying that feminists are all ugly and, you know, the cliches start there and they get worse. Um, this vile sort of piece of humanity who... who uh, has made a career out of out of ruining people's lives and chasing having his people he works at his newspapers chasing people around with cameras and making up stories sits thinks he can sit in judgment on 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 how women behave and it's a bloody disgrace and the uh, the thing that men have been traditionally very bad at is that calling out other men for this kind of behavior and it's it's i think well it goes uh, back to one the thing like where if you think about it, like your conditions from you know, from childhood, like you don't, you, you don't snitch on, on your friends. You don't, you don't call out. Um, it's, it's one of those things that like it is, it is in, kind of ingrained in you since childhood that you just, you don't do it. You don't, you don't call it out. And it, you know, it, like it's, it's something like I, I, you'll find your, yourself catching, but it's, it's one of the things about this podcast is that not just with like international women's day, but like, I find that the lucky thing of, for us being able to go and talk to people of such differing backgrounds is that it is an eye opener to actually hear from people who life experiences, uh, dealing with, uh, you know, injustices in the, in it's, it's kind of hard to say as a, as a white male say, Oh, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You're, you're over, you're over exaggerating. It's not that it's not as bad as you think it is. And you kind of have to sit there and say, no, take it for face value What their, their experience is right. It's true. You know, the, sometimes the the solution is very simple. Just call out bad, bad, shitty behavior, and don't be afraid of fixing it. It's you know, it, it, like the this whole the, the I keep, one notion I keep saying is the uh, you know people want a piece of the pie. It says it's not a pie. Like it's like it doesn't cost you anything to be a good person. It's kind of it kind mm-hmm, of comes mm-hmm. down to. Yeah, yeah, it, and and it's it's so important. Well, I mean, this came to the forefront through Me Too, uh, mm. uh, and quite rightly so. But I think it, it extends beyond um, just uh, violence against women and sexual assault and things like that. If someone, your first inclination should be to believe people when they say something, when they have a complaint, when they say something's bad, and, and we. A natural reaction. I think it's built into us in humans to an extent, but we should be able to. We should be better than this now. If someone says you've done something wrong, or this is wrong, or this is unjust, we very off. We go straight into defensive mode, and we go, "Oh no, 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 no! You're making it up." Well, what made you think? Why would someone want to make that up? Um, there was. I'm going to try and remember what the story was. Uh, I think it's probably one that we can't discuss in the podcast because it would probably be very highly well, related to libel. But it was it was a, a story of um, a prominent news story where I just – I didn't get – it was a sort of um, – someone was saying that someone else was not telling the truth about a big deal. And it's like, well, why on earth would they lie about that? You know, why – what is the – what – you know, if you're going to say that someone's not telling the truth, at least there is somewhat of an onus on you to explain why you think they would be lying. Um, 
believe people unless unless there's good reason not to, you know, uh, or start off with the with the with the assumption that there's good faith involved. Well, it, it's. It, it's true, and that what what I come back to one of the things that Patty was talking about is the the need to uh, kind of open the doors for more women into positions of power. Uh, you know, not not just in politics, but in the boardrooms, in the in the chair, in the the kind of the back rooms a bit, um, because it, it's one of those things that it, it. Yeah, I mean, it just when you, when you add more diverse voices, you just your perspective changes on things, and just get a broader, uh, broader in, input in terms to solving the problems that, that face us. It, it, I was thinking back on my after the the interview with Patty, I was thinking back on my own career, and I would have to say, pro, I would I would I'd have to argue probably of, the, of all my my bosses, I've had about I've had a number of fem- female bosses. All of them are were or really. Um, excellent leaders. Um, and, and I'm not saying that just to be uh, boastful or whatever, but I just looking back on the qualities of, of leadership, there was, there, there was a, there was a, there was a broad sense of having to build consensus and to build a, build a, 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 a common push forward, uh, which was very, which was refreshing. It's something that I, I gravitate towards immensely. I don't, I don't like the machismo or the, the, let's just do it my way, or the highway. Uh, kind of attitude that a lot. I don't think gets us anywhere. It's it's we we need to, we need to start breaking down some of these barriers that people that have not just for women, women but any other any other like minorities um, uh, to get more people into positions of leadership in this country because I think it'll benefit us all in the in the long run immensely. Well, I think we 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 end up in a the, the world is a more interesting place for for being diverse. Yeah, you know, for 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 not being run by um again looking at i i guess uh candor is is a descendant of the of the sort of british way of doing things you know and it was very class-based and so not only did you have to be male and not only did you have to be white not only you also had to have come from a particular income group you had to have gone to a particular school none of those were good things uh, and none of those have ended none of those have produced uh, particularly healthy uh, situations, uh, to my mind. Um, and the further we get away from from that way of doing things, uh, the better the better it will be. Look at what happened um, here in here uh, in Ontario a few weeks ago. Uh, Premier Ford uh, cha- tried to chastise Andrea Horvath, the leader of the opposition, by you know turning turning to her and saying, my God, whenever you're here, it's like nails, or whenever I hear you talk, it's like nails on a chalkboard, which is incredibly sexist and just wrong. I mean, I I don't agree with uh, Andrea Horvath's policies on a number of issues, but she is the leader of the opposition. Like, you, you just don't, you know, it, like, it's, it's this, this language and this decorum of, it's supposed to be our body of deliberation f- to make laws of the land. There is supposed to be a bit of reference, re- reverence for what goes on there. Um, the idea of question period, I think, is a, has always been a very powerful and important tool of our democracy to hold our leaders to account. Um, I know that it's turned into a bit more of theater in uh, in the last century or so, but I still believe in the principle of it. The you know when when Andrea was trying to hold to account the the government's behavior record on long-term care on COVID vaccinations on all, all this stuff. Um, she's trying to do her job and trying to do it well, uh, whether or not she is, that's up for debate. But the, the, 
the, just the, to, to, to dismiss it as, oh, it's like nails on a chalkboard. And it's like, Doug, like you, you, you went on the air and you wasted our time pimping out uh, Tim Horton's breakfast sandwiches. Like, don't, don't say mm-hmm. like, you, don't act like you're, you're some paragon of political virtue here that you can, you can, you, you're above all the, all of our uh, misdeeds. It was an incredibly disrespectful and disgusting language from the premier towards the leader of the opposition. Well, it's, it's going for, I mean, like uh, Paddy said on Tuesday, I mean, it was, uh, uh, it was the worst that she faced or she and her colleagues faced back in sort of 93, 94, 95 era that people would not, they would make fun of your voice. Right. And it's like, that doesn't happen to men. Um, uh, no. I do think there's an interesting story to be told in some of the opposition to Justin Trudeau. Again, regardless of whether you like the guy, don't like the guy, I couldn't care less in a lot of ways. Uh, his politics are his politics. But the way that uh, very often the right has gone after him as a pretty boy, kind of his feminine aspects are, are the things that seem to drive the right most wild. Right. Uh, the fact that he is trying to be kind of a bit more of a, um, for want of a better phrase, uh, touchy feely kind of uh, male. Um, uh, whether you think that's genuine or not genuine, it, I find it very revealing that it's, it's well, nice hair though, Justin, and it's Justin. It's uh, you know, women politicians ever get often get called by their first names. Whereas, whereas it's Harper, uh, Moroni, Justin. Right. Um, uh, I mean, I think in some ways, uh, uh, sometimes that's an advantage for, for female politicians. And in, in that, that I know when I was used involved in a campaign with a female politician, it's like the fact that you, let's use the first name because it's more approachable. It kind of gets away from that stuffy politician thing. But it's also used as as a way to imply you're less serious and you're you're not the real deal. Well, the fact that you have to have um, oh, there's a, there's a certain way for a female politician has to run because um, you know a female politician can't show ang- you know anger over over an issue. She's then she's being hysterical, right? Despite the fact that maybe um, maybe the the she she's running because she's passionate about a topic due to either a, a professional interest or maybe even a personal one. Maybe like we, we've had uh, people on that we've said like when you run for office, usually it's a personal, the, the first time you run is because of something personal. I want to see this change. I want to do, I want to do this um, endeavor. And, you, you know, a, a woman isn't allowed to show that passion on the campaign trail or, or to stand at the microphone and say, you know, come hell or high water, I am getting this done. Because then it's like, well, now she's hysterical. Oh my god! Like, you know, tone it, tone it down. I found it very, very interesting. Yeah, I found it very interesting with with um, uh, Hillary Clinton. Maybe she's a, not the best example of all sorts of things. But one of the reasons I think she she ultimately failed, apart from the extraordinary circumstances in which she she ran for president, was that she completely covered up. This is a woman who seems to be enormous fun, has a real sense of humor, extremely intelligent, uh, extremely experienced, who came across as a candidate as very, very kind of cold and just didn't um, – the apparent warmth of her character, which you, which I've seen subsequently, just didn't come out. And it was obviously a, a decision of the campaign to, to – kind of do that and I, I feel like it was a mistake but I, but but i also feel that that's probably the 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 traditional wisdom was like yeah don't 
don't look like a human being because that's not going to play well for you, especially as you as a woman. <laughs> like, um, I, I don't know why, what it is that we are so afraid of female leaders to be, uh, you know, ex- a little, no, I don't want to say eccentric. I, I don't want to say themselves. Um, Cause I'm, I'm thinking even, in, even in the business world, female CEOs are not allowed to be like the Richard Branson's or the Elon Musk's of, of industry. They're not, they're not allowed to come in and say, I've got a, I got this revolutionary idea. I want to put it, you know, I'm going to put resources behind it and bring it to market. And, you know, you, you can never, you would never think of a female CEO parachuting into a press conference to sell the next product or, 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 or whatever. Um, and I, I'm, there's, there's something there, there's something there that it's just like, I know what if there if there is a female CEO out there who is thinking about parachuting on onto a stage to sell sell your company's products, I would love to hear from you because uh, I I it's important actually I can't think of anyone. Well, just yeah. think, think about it. somebody who somebody who's like yeah. like they sell the product almost through their personality, and it's very mm-hmm. I, I can't think mm-hmm. of a single female CEO who does it. There, are, I'm sure there are plenty capable. Uh, the mm-hmm. CEO of uh, of General Motors comes to mind. She's somebody who's turned that company around and is embracing. Um, I, I think she's taking the company in the right direction by trying to embrace uh, electric uh, ele- electric vehicles. T- definitely a a game changer. Would she be allowed to? You know, would they allow, be allowed to do a, a press conference where she takes the their electric Humvee and goes off roading in it, and then? Shows up in jeans and a jeans and a sports shirt to to sell. I I, I I doubt it. And that to me is it's not necessarily wrong. Maybe, maybe she's not comfortable with it, but it's just like, I know there are people who are probably listening to this shaking their head like, "Oh, that's that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous." Maybe it is, but that's like there, there's a reason why Elon Musk is a billionaire and launch shooting rockets in the space in his spare time. Yeah, yeah. Um. Maybe <laughs> maybe women are just too smart to go well, down okay, that road. There's that possibility. Uh, I mean, uh, Elon Musk is a double-edged sword sometimes. Well, but, yeah, yeah. but no, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a very good. It's, it's a, it is a good point actually. That I mean, and I think maybe it comes down. Maybe um, again, there are other people who are not on this podcast who would answer, who would have much more interesting answers to this question. But I, I wonder if it's that kind of. I th- yeah, it's still that thing. Men are men are brought up to think of themselves. They're, they're brought up. They're brought up with an with an expectation of being in leadership roles or public speaking. Or a lot of people. I mean, someone like Richard Branson went to a posh private school. He was trained to be a leader at, at his school, um, and that's w- uh, women tend. I think tend overwhelmingly still to to not have that expectation from the day they're born so you have to overcome so many more things to mm-hmm. if you want to do that you're going to have to to, to struggle harder um and I, I, yeah i i think it's 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 not um it, it's it's not nothing it's it's it's, it's you know why, why why are we doing a podcast and willing to be dumb enough to put our opinions out in public well uh, i mean because you know it doesn't it, come it, down to that we have kind white of, male confidence uh, i guess that's the the trick there, but it's yeah, yeah. I, I but I, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I would, I, I, I don't know. I'm, 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 I, I think that there's a ton of work that still needs to be done. That you know, it, it's, it's, it's easy to attack anyone at face value, for, whether for their gender or you know, even ex- express the color of their skin. 
or their or their religious uh, affiliation. It, like we're still, we've just it's just it's a sad state of affairs that we're still just so ready to go for that easy, um, that that easy nonsense to to slash somebody down. Like it, it, it it's it's hard to look at somebody and say, I'm going to judge you on on the on the content of your character on the basis of your beliefs and do they align with mine? Okay, and it's even it's something else. Patty brought up is that it's you know it's so easy just to attack. It's really hard to to build. Up or to have a, a collaborative conversation these days, uh, partly due to social media. But you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of um, uh, this is a bit of a sidebar. But we had a uh, for our Patreon supporters a, a private Zoom call uh, this Monday past. Uh, one of the things we asked, like, what, what did you like? And a lot of people enjoyed the fact that we were able to have actual conversations. Um, we had one one Patreon who uh, expressed that they enjoyed our, our episode with uh, counselor Jeff Knoll because it brought it, we were able to have that conversation and bring and and get a, another viewpoint instead of just let's get on and let's, let's give him the rope and let him hang himself. And we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pick it, we'll pick it away. We, we That's kind of one of the, the benefits of this podcast and this, this format is that we want to have conversations and actually get to know the the person that we're talking with and, and get to and hear what their story is not the which i mean i'm i'm i think i'm selling the the podcast a bit but it's a it's something you and i you and i have have been moaned for too long in public discourse it was just i need i i'm gonna give you three minutes to explain a high you know everything about you your beliefs your 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 belief structure and in your point of view, you only have, I'm going to give you three minutes or five minutes to do that. You can't do it. You can't do it. Yeah, the elevator pitch is, is ultimately a a lot of good ideas won't fit into an elevator ride. I mean, uh, probably still a good idea to to have your your elevator pitch ready, uh, but, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you, you ultimately you're going to get more if, on, on a long car ride uh, than in that elevator Absolutely. ride. <laughs> If you want to understand a subject, if you want to understand the world around you, um, you need more than a, than a uh, thirty well, second sound. That, that and the, the problems um, facing us are a lot bigger than any one man can solve. Uh, though that's the one the one thing I, I think is always the fallacy is the idea of like, oh, the the lone man, or you just need the right right man for the job. No, it's a team. Every 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 huge problem that humanity has ever faced, every every like pick one out of a hat it has always been a team of people who have to tackle it and we just gotta get this notion of the oh it's the self-made man or that you know the one the one man who's gonna save the day get that out of your head that that doesn't happen and and the one man that's the thing the it's, one it's always it's always the one man the one man who takes charge and and gets things done no it's not it's it's always a team it's always it's always a massive organization single-handedly like laser focus on solving the problem and nine more and more it's uh you know the the ones that are highly successful the are the the ones that are open to diversity so you have more women more people of color more more minorities sitting at the table saying how do we tackle this problem and that's what we need for the 21st century well yeah it, we've we've talked so much about covid i'm certain that things would have gone so much better with a government that was more willing to listen to people of expertise. Now it seems like every province in Canada has kind of made a, a botch of this. So Ontario is not alone, although I'm wondering if they are maybe one of the worst. Um, but 
the the that I'm the leader, do as I say kind of model doesn't bloody work. Um, and a leader saying, I'm the leader, do what I say, and then not actually doing very much is an even worse combination. Um, yeah, that strong leader model, which is very male, um, very kind of macho. You know, the biggest, we need to learn as a society, A, not to expect our politicians to pretend they're always mm. right, because we do. Like if a politician says, you know what, five years ago I said this, I was dead wrong. Yeah. Um, I, if someone says that, the press is going to come down on well, like a thing, ton yeah. of bricks. But they should absolutely be able to say that. We want well, them to say, say I got the, I got this I was new, wrong. I've I got this my new mind. piece of information. It's it's really opened my eyes. I, I need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking not even just COVID. I'm thinking of like climate change. Um, I think climate change is the biggest. Uh, once COVID nineteen is put to rest, uh, we we need to focus on climate change, uh, and that is that 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 is the the that is the threat of our of our of our age. It's it's literally like literally like we need to solve it or else we are going to die. Kind of solving it, um, and I. And people are already dying; they're just not in the right parts of the. Well, world. that's the thing, and, and um, but the developed nations of the world need to step up and listen to uh, women and young people. I'm thinking of people like Greta Thunberg, um, who love her, or hate her. You know, she's right. We we need the next gen- the next generation needs us to do this. This isn't something we can put off. But I'm thinking of uh, you know Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. You know, stepping up to to just say we're gonna. We're going to implement changes to curb climate change, and they're getting it done. That's that's the that's the that's the kicker is that you know they're stepping up to the plate and they're hitting they're not they're not hitting home runs they're not hitting grand slams, but they're getting solid base hits and they're getting the runs in. And I know this is a, probably a bad baseball analogy, but you know that's how, that's how you tackle these problems is that you know you don't you don't have the the big slugger big macho slugger coming up and saying oh, I'm going to one one thing's going to solve it all. It doesn't work like that. It's got to be just steady, steady work. And I've, the women, and the more women we have around the table, the more we can, I think, find a way to build a consensus towards uh, towards solving problems like this. I I, I would take a, a dirty infield hit and a stolen base right now. That's for sure. When it comes to the climate change. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it's so frustrating how how slow everything is to change. That has to happen, uh, and the 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 decades that we've lost because people are like, oh well, I can't drive my car anymore. What the hell? Uh, I don't want to sound like I'm being that sniffy about people, but we don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. This has to happen. The science was in decades ago. It's not some big that's is coming. The check is coming is, due, and yeah. we all, yeah. every man, woman, and child on this planet needs to step step up and say, "Okay, how do we how do we solve it?" They get the, get the new technologies in the marketplace, get the the policies, carbon tax, totally all the, all this. Like it's it's we we need to solve this. It's and, and ironically, again, in that regard, the people in opposition are men. I I, I don't I can't I can't I can't think yeah. of a single yeah, yeah. woman of note. Uh, who who has a public platform arguing, maybe on Fox News, but they don't count. Um, nobody <laughs> on Fox News counts, just to be clear. Uh, but like, you know, no politician, no industry leader, nobody, no woman is arguing, uh, you know, pro fossil fuel expansion, that kind of thing. I, every, I, 
It's less certainly it's certainly less obvious and less prominent. I mean, I mean, obviously you can think of um, I can't remember her name, the the delightful character who just uh, got elected to the U.S. Senate, and um, uh, is it Green or something? I can't remember her name. They were the one who thought that there's Jewish space lasers yeah. or something controlling our minds. And it, but I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly, gonna... part of me kind of wants that to be true, just because I'm, like, I'm like, wow, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Like that—that's just that's that. Kudos to the global conspiracy oh, like, coming wow. out of space. I, I was like, I'm impressed, wow. man. <laughs> wow, way to way to go, guys. Maybe they should be running. Right I'll be like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> if you could do, if you could pull that off, man. Like, you know, what? I'm just taking the day off. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. You guys, you got, you guys got it. That just warned it more. You got the space. That just warned it more. But it's a. Uh, 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 for, for the record, everyone, we are joking. Um, <laughs> Jewish space ladies just do not yeah, exist. Yeah, absolutely. I just I, I have I feel in this day and age we have to clarify that for any listeners. I know you have to. Uh, that, yeah, and there was also no Jewish conspiracy build trying to build space no. lasers either. <laughs> no, but it, there is very much um, a, a climate change uh, issue. But again, like no, yeah, the more we need. We need people of all backgrounds at that table to uh, to come up with ideas and, and new behaviors and, and whatnot. It's, I know people have been saying this for decades, that politics needs to change, but it really needs to change because it's holding us back. That our inability to have intelligent conversations, to to, to do that thing of, oh, hey, um, of, of politics being a conversation where we learn from each other and we take the best ideas rather than a slanging match where we are... We start from a position of I am not going to change my mind. You are going to give in and take my opinions. Let's get yeah. We're getting nowhere fast. Um, I, I how you change it? I, I well, as I say, I don't know. I think I do know, and I think it's very much through the kinds of things that Dave Meslin talks about um, and changing at the bottom and working up. Uh, change, you know, and, and again, that's why I get so frustrated with municipal government being so stuck and toxic and vile a lot of the time. It's because we need to start with that level of government being the best that government has to op- mm-hmm. has to offer, not the worst. If we are going to get the other levels to come into the into the modern age and start behaving like a modern democracy, and not but something what, from the sixteen fifty. I, I, you and I have commented though on uh, on this podcast that you know the the younger generation are I think are the key. We've we've talked with a number of uh, representatives from various movements. Um, uh, across the region, and they are they are impassioned and they are educated and they are articulate. And a lot of the cases, just they they, they need it. They need, they they need to step up and start running for public office. I think at the municipal level would be a great place, and just bring that idealism and that that energy uh, to kind of break the malaise and the and the the doldrums of city hall uh, around the around the region. And just start saying, like, what kind of a of, of communities do we want to live in? Greener, more equitable, more sustainable, fairer. We we need we need the we need their voices at the table. Yeah, we need them now, not in thirty Absolutely. years when they've been beaten down into cynicism and and uh, cautiousness. Um, yeah, I, I would. It's funny because my traditional advice probably would be and would have been to someone who came to me, and I've kind of said this in the past, I think, on this podcast. You know, people 
say I want to run for office uh, and they're pretty young and like well you you don't have the experience yet you got to learn how it get, works you know like uh, but it's it's not the age it's not the age that's the problem it's the reasons why you're running that are the problem um with some people i would love to see some of the young people who've been on this podcast so you know what i'm going to run for municipal office this time uh, i'm going to go and find people who have experience who can help me who know how to run a campaign um uh, and know to raise money and all those things but i'm going to be the candidate because because i don't want to see some 50 year old fart called roland tanner running again <laughs> i would be like you're dead well, right but if, i mean if we, um, we need we need more young young women young women of color to step up and start shaking the 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 foundations a bit because um if there's anything i've learned in my in my time here on this planet is that the the youth Young women get shit done. Uh, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a fact. You know, if somebody who's impassioned and driven, they get stuff done. And we, we kind of, we, I think we need that energy into our political system. You're right. There's, there, by the time you get you reach fifty or sixty, you're not in it for change. You're in it to maintain the status quo, or you're in it because you want to uh, kick over somebody's. You, you don't, you don't like, you don't like somebody in power, which is not a good reason to run. Don't, don't run because you, you hate the liberals or you hate the conservatives or you hate the NDP. That is always, always the wrong reason to run. Run because you want to make your community a better place. Mm-hmm. And that's where you have young people wanting to uh, wanting to make that change. And I, ho- I hope they do. I hope, that, I hope a number of the people that have been on this podcast, I hope they do run someday and, uh, and make that change happen. Maybe that's something that this we could we could back as a podcast, you know. Um, that that as the municipal elections come up, there's people out there uh, who are interested in running, uh, who have a mm-hmm. passion for it. Um, yeah, maybe get in touch and and uh, we could have an episode, or jump. if we're ever allowed to go out <laughs> of the houses, have a have a, a get together or something, and kind of encourage people. Uh, younger people to run, uh, uh, younger women, younger people generally, people of different races. Um, because I'm thinking back, to, so Burlington 2018, uh, we we had a good number of women candidates, uh, two of whom, as the new you know rookie councillors, uh, came in. I can think of only one or two candidates of colour. Uh, not a large number. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's something that, that that should be encouraged. I think I think you know we need more younger people. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, uh, getting in, changing the tone of of what happens in city halls. Um, and and beyond, yeah, I think that would be a great thing. City for halls, this podcast to park and champion and somebody Parliament Hill. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's where we should end it off, Roland. On that up upbeat note, the revolution starts here. <laughs> we, we do say that the 905 yeah. is a region that Canada needs to pay more attention to. If if that if you know, I'm thinking I'm thinking on P- the 905 is is the is, is the kingmaker in Canada. You know, yeah. the kingmaker or queenmaker. Um, we are a if very a, powerful region. Um, you need to stop. If there's, a, if there's a young woman of uh, color in Peel, uh, I'm, I'm thinking of in particular who who wants to run, they should definitely do so. Uh, do so and, and start shaking things up. Uh, same as in Hamilton, uh, Hamilton down toward Niagara. More if you're if you're in the nine hundred five and you're thinking about 
running, do it because it's a, it, it'll be, it's going to be one of the, like, this is where the, the change is going to happen. That in a canon won't see it coming. They will, they, well, eventually they will, but we're not, we're not there yet, folks. Support our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that just about wraps up for today. We, we, we're going to do a short one and here we are at 43 <sighs> minutes. So uh, you just can't shut us up. Um, but, <laughs> but um uh we really appreciate those of you who make it to the end of the podcast uh but we also don't mind if sometimes you cut off a couple of minutes early um so uh all the best for now and we'll be back next week that's it for this episode of the 905er thank you for listening as always you can send us your feedback thoughts and concerns or ideas for future episodes to our email info at 905er.ca we'd love to hear from you you can help us keep the 905er going by financially supporting us through Patreon as well as PayPal. Visit us at 905er.ca and click on the support tab. As well, links are in the show notes for your convenience. Lastly, you can find us on social media. Search for the underscore 905er on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So long for now. See you next time. This is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.